it's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Huh. Ben, it's 6 a.m. on Saturday morning. Quan is pregnant. The fetus is healthy and was conceived on island with her husband. He was sterile before they got here. I'm still working on getting samples from the other women. I should have Austin's soon. I'll report back when I know more. I hate you. Welcome, everyone, into another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited, as we once again continue our journey deeper into the third season of the series. I am Ben. And I am Kristen. Hello. Oh, (laughs) this week, we dive deeper into season three, this time with episode 18, DOC. (laughs) I love that you already lost track of yourself. Well, you know, it's Friday. Yeah. (laughs) We were, we were 10 seconds in and you already lost track. That's well, right. I, you know, I, I always forget that I have to say things after I say my name. Always. <laughs> like, it, we've been doing this for two years. I always forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Um, but we are off the heels of our MC Ganey conversation from last episode, which was so awesome. Oh, my um, gosh. And I know I told you this in private, but I'm going to tell you this in public now uh, to all of our listeners. You were you were very nervous mm-hmm. about that because you it, you haven't had many experiences talking to like celebrities and things like that. So you had told me, you were like, well, I'm just going to let you take the lead mm-hmm. and... I, I, I'm going to sit back and maybe chime in every once in a while. And you were awesome. <laughs> like you, you and MC took to each other so quickly. And it's very easy to do with him because yeah. he's just that kind of person. I had already had my chance to talk to him on the spotlight. And then when you two took to each other, it was, it, I literally just, I was smiling and I literally just backed away from my microphone. <laughs> I was like, these two are going great. Like, I'm just going to let them go. Like it's, and I did, you talked so much, you talked so much more than I did during that conversation. And you, you did awesome with Thank him. Like, you. You didn't come across nervous. Like you were just so natural at it. Well, we had a lot in common. Oh, you're which... both from like, attended the same college and yeah. all that fun stuff. We were both hippies and we're both, yeah, we both, you know, I, I grew up in California. He still lives in California. So and we both lived in Mississippi. I mean, it was just a lot of it. We had a lot in common. So that, that made it very easy to talk to him. Shared yeah. experience. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. It was great for him to, to join us and, and talk about Lost. And just opening the conversation. You, the listeners only heard it once, but you and I heard it three times. <laughs> um, the whole, we're going to have to take the boy. Like, <laughs> I kept saying it over and over. I loved it so much. I heard it like three times because the moment (laughs) he called, he said it to me. And then I connected you in. And when he started talking to you, he said it to you. 
And then he said it at the top of the podcast too, which I'm not complaining. It's a fantastic line. And to hear it from him yeah, made it even better. Well, what's what's it's so funny because my favorite thing that Tom Friendly ever did was the light him up the scene. The light him up, yeah. Yeah, and, and I told him that. I was like, well, I kind of like light him up a little bit better. When you said we got to take the boy, I wanted to drown you. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, he was a good time. He was really fun and it was fun to um fun to hear some stories and and get the background info and um and yeah. and, and just to hear <laughs> and the Virgin of, Mary story was great. That was fantastic. I forgot <laughs> about that. But just to hear too, like it's so heartwarming to know that, you know, he's a character actor. He's one of those guys that like he gets recognized, but people don't know his name when they, rec- they recognize his face, but they don't know his name. And he even told me when we had the first conversation, he's like, I'm one of those guys that you'll run into me at the farmer's market or on the street and be like, I, I know you like, are you a fireman or something? They don't recognize him as an actor. Yeah. And this was all before lost, but since lost his notoriety has gone up and it's been 10 years. And the, the interactions he has with the fans over Lost has meant so much to him. I love it that he called it the autograph shows. <laughs> Instead of conventions. <laughs> that, that, it, took me a minute, it took me a minute to realize like what he was saying because I didn't understand. And then I realized, oh, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> he's was, talking about cons. And yeah. he's like, I heard about autograph shows. <laughs> yep. So... Uh, and- he was he was so nice, and I have his number. So if we ever want to have him on again, all I have to do is text him, and he he'll come on. So he's great, and hopefully this leads to some more cast interviews too, because we've been talking about it for a while. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad we finally got our first one in. We're only halfway through the series, so we got plenty of time to to still load up on more and, and such. And actually like a big calling I've heard from a couple of people is, you know, um, they want to hear us talk to Michael Emerson and Josh Holloway, mainly because they know our love for those characters. So they want to hear us geek out a little bit over talking to them. That's something I would go catatonic on with Josh Holloway. And <laughs> I, just, I would only want to talk about Colony, to be honest. I know. That's, I had somebody tell me that too. They were like, Kristen's only going to want to talk Holloway if you, Colony if you ever get Josh Holloway. I know. I just want to talk about Colony. Yeah. Oh, I love that show so much. It's so good. So, uh, but yeah, so the next episode of Lost has uh, come up and that's the one we're going to talk about this week. Episode 18, DOC. Uh, I want to say real quick, yes, there is a lot of stuff happening in the country right now and in the world and... Ordinarily, Kristen Kristen and I are very vocal about that kind of stuff, but we need to keep things lighthearted right now. So we want to provide you a little bit of an escape from all of that by just jumping right into talking about Lost. We we might spend a couple minutes on it at the end of the podcast, so feel free to hang with us a little bit by the end. But for right now, we're just going to jump right into Lost because otherwise it's going to take like a half hour and 40 minutes before we even start talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. so, but uh, yeah, episode 18, DOC, a sun flashback episode. And I want to I wanna actually kick things off on this one <clears throat> okay. because there is one main thing I really, really realized about, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, about there's something I, re- I came to realize from watching this episode again. I don't know why I didn't, never picked up on it before. I think in the back of my mind, I always knew it. 
we've we've talked a number of times about how much of a badass Sun is. Uh, I'm going to talk even more about that and say, like, I don't care who you are. If you disagree with me or not, you can fight me on this point. Not only is Sun a badass, she is the bravest fucking person on that island. Yep. I don't care what anybody else says. She is the bravest person on that island. Everybody else can run into fights with Ethan and everything else, but to sit there and know before you make a choice that finding out one thing means you're going to die. It's one thing to run into a battle with the possibility of dying, but to find out, to know for sure that you are going to die because of something that happens and to willingly make that choice to find that information out Mm. takes the biggest forgive the phrase balls of anybody on that island sun is the bravest person on that island hands down yeah she yeah she's um in 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 a lot of ways she has really proven herself to be to be pretty brave i mean she she was we've seen her grow into herself since the beginning of the show you know in the beginning of the show she was um, she was oppressed by Jin, mm. right? They they didn't have much of a marriage. And I actually read something in the trivia when we were prepping for this, that if you were to go back 53 days on the island, that's actually right before Sun stopped, or Jin stopped speaking to Sun um, after he learned that she knew English, which means that she was going through the motions of pleasing her husband. Because she didn't love him still, if I remember correctly. I, <clears throat> timelines tend to get a little tricky, but I, I, it, that sounds pretty accurate. So, um, so it wasn't when we all thought that it was, right? Which is when they reconciled and he came back and everything was great and blah, blah, blah. And really, it couldn't have been because I think it's only been like a week since, or like, <laughs> it's only been like a couple of weeks or a month since since he came back on the raft? Yeah, because I think they've... um, I I think when when Juliet had taken taken Son to the medical hatch, I think she said 90 days? You've been on the island for 90 days and you got pregnant 53 days ago. So, which would meant 37 days in. Mm -hmm. Um, So they had been there a little over a month. Mm -hmm. and, And so... No, so it's been a longer. It's been a little longer than a couple of weeks because I don't think they wait. Or did they have sex on the island before Jin left? That's 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 what you're trying to. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. So, so anyways, I just you know you see her go through this. She was about to escape her husband and and the life that her father had given to both her and her husband because we learn in this episode that her father is the one that systematically destroyed her marriage, and um. And he did it on purpose. He did it for power and control over his daughter. But we also see a little glimpse of who Sun really was in the past. Um, when she, in that last scene with Jin's mom, and she threatens Jin's mom and walks away with her head held high, mm-hmm. you saw a glimpse of, of that courage and the bravery and the power that Sin Sun knows that she has. Um, 
but, it, it was it was one of those moments that literally like if there could have been an explosion in the background as she was walking away in slow-mo yep <laughs> yeah um you know and so i think once once she claims her independence again after she admits that she has um that she knows English and whatnot. Once she starts to claim her independence again, we see that strength kind of coming back to her. And in this episode, um, you see her fighting for her child in the beginning of the episode. And then at the end, she's just so happy that she has that connection with Jen that they, that they made the baby together and it wasn't, uh, was it Jaimin? Jamin? Uh, the, oh, the the guy that she uh yeah I can't remember his name either. It's J A E. I, I don't know if it's Jai or J. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I should have I should have tried to figure that out. Anyways, um, he's it's funny because he's kind of become already even though he's very important to Jin and Sen's backstory, he's kind of already become a forgotten character, which is great because I think that 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 proves that Sun has transitioned into being that marital unit with Jin. Um. You know, so I loved, I love this episode because I, I understand that it's, it's a sun flashback, but it's really a Jin and Sun flashback. We really get to know why it is that Jin went to go work for Mr. Paik. And, and yeah, and, and I agree with that. And I think that's always been one of the strongest points when it comes to Jin and Sun is that mm-hmm. even when it's a flashback of one, it's always kind of been a flashback of both. Mm-hmm. Because there's never been a flashback that's been just Sun or just Jin. They've always been a part of each other's flashbacks. Mm-hmm. It always hasn't been the happiest of times, but I mean, they've always been a part of each other's flashbacks, which means that connection between the two of them is always there. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And that's and and I think that that's why you know fans of this show really love Jin and Sun because they are such a unit even when they're separated they're still a unit and and there's something really really beautiful in that um in that thought so yeah i i love seeing i love sun in this episode i love the way that she stood up for herself and for her baby i love the way that she demanded from juliet to get the, to the truth i love it that she but she got to know Juliet too, you know, mm-hmm. um, because at this point, if you're a first time watcher, you're still not sure about Juliet, even with oh, that even recording more so. yeah. at the end. But you also feel that she is a good person, not just to Jack, but now she's extended that to son um, and that she is conflicted at the end. And I think that, you know, and, and that's, kind of fun to see her go on this little what three or four episode journey of 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 kind of the reveal of of what she's doing yeah because actually i i i think it's i i want to say i don't know if it's next week or the following we find out ultimately what the plan with juliet is yeah i can't remember but i in preparation for mc ganey's um interview i watched through the looking glass last week and by by so and that's the finale so by the finale everything's revealed about juliet yeah i mean and we're only i think about five or six episodes away from from the looking glass so It's, I mean, we're, and I, I, 
I did a lot of prep for for MC coming on as well, and I I didn't watch through the Looking Glass because that episode is just heartbreaking. Well, I didn't watch the whole thing. As soon as as soon as uh, as soon as Tom Friendly died, I said, "All right, cool, I'm done. click." Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll save the heartbreak for later. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it, it's funny that you bring up that whole scene with, with Sun and her mom. You know what's so funny is um, I don't have my notes next to me because literally the only one I have is that Sun is the bravest person on the island. These are my notes. Everything else I was just going <laughs> to, like, just going to wing it. And actually, for the most part, that's actually how I've been handling a lot of our past episodes is just seeing where it takes us and, and diving into it. So if we have forgotten points in past episodes, we apologize. Uh, but that's what feedback is for. Leave us feedback. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's, it's great that you brought up that scene with Sun and Jin's mom at the end, because it was very reminiscent of a future scene that we're going to get next season, which again, spoiler full podcast. We talk about the future of the series as well. Um, after Sun has gotten off the island and we see her take over her father's business, like that's the badass that Sun is. And mm -hmm. she realizes a lot of that while she's on the island. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, it, that was like a nice little foreshadowing of what's to come still for Sun's character, even after she becomes one of the Oceanic Six. Yeah. You know, that whole reveal too th about that woman being uh, Jin's mother and what she said was just because I gave birth to him doesn't mean that I'm his mother. And, um, you know, there, there, there's a couple of little juxtapositions that are happening in, in this episode. And one of them is that comment. And then, you know, you flash back to, to the present, flash forward to the present on, on the Island and you get son risking her own life to be a mother, to mm -hmm. be this mother. And then at the same time, you also have uh, Jin's father questioning whether or not he was really the father of oh, Jin's father. And then you flash forward to present again, and Sun is talking about she doesn't know who the father of this baby is, which could have been Jin raising uh son's baby as his own if son had died by which, himself which could have been very similar yeah, which was almost would have been very circum similar to his own circumstance right so it, it you know is but i love that they changed I, I i love that you know jin is the father i love that son does get off the island i love that the baby is born right there's like there's a lot of a good that happens you know and and Mm -hmm. The past is not repeated in this sense, which is great, right? Yeah. Um, so, and then in um, when Sun and Jin had, or when Sun had the meeting with Jin's father, Mr. Kwan, which is called Mr. Kwan, um, <laughs> in the background, you see Jin's army picture and Jin with a martial arts trophy which I thought was really nicely done because Jin does that roundhouse kick. That was so phenomenal when that happened. But it, it's like, I mean, for the character, it's totally out of nowhere. You're like, what are you yeah. doing? You know? And then you see that somebody has very subtly placed that in the background to back up that roundhouse kick, which it just goes to show the little details that the showrunners 
put in there and the thought that they put into their story. They're, they're not lazy. And that to me is just fantastic. Yeah. Oh man, that, that whole moment with Mikhail, uh, with Mikhail, who again, just happens to appear out of nowhere when you no, think he he's No, he saw gone. the flare gun. No, but I mean like he appeared out of nowhere as in like of all people to show up. Well, we thought he was dead. Everybody thought he was dead at this point. Yeah. So How many times does he die? I th- I think I think I want to say it's only two or three. I because, like it that you say only. Like uh, well, normally people die once. I know, but like I, I think it's only two. Like he we think we thought he died through the fence and find out now that he survived. Oh no, he got shot too at one yeah. point outside of the the radio st- the radio station. Well, doesn't does he die in or the communication station? Does he die in the He he's dead for good in the looking glass. Okay, the look okay. That's that's the final Okay. That's the final He doesn't he doesn't pop up with scuba gear? No. No. <laughs> is it uh, the grenade outside of the looking glass is the final curtain for for Mikhail. Mikhail. Um, cause remember we had that conversation with one of our listeners where she said he shows up again in season four. I'm like, no, he doesn't. Looking glass is it. And she was actually thinking about this moment in this episode. Uh, she thought that was next season. I'm like, okay. no, no, that, that's still the season. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, going back to, to son and that connection with Juliet, I thought that was such a great, Great moment for both characters. I mean, obviously, again, proving that Sun is the bravest character on the island. I'm just going to keep driving that point home because it's the truth. Um, you know, to to find out, yes, Sun is the father, but that's more important to her than the fact that the baby will probably never be born and she won't survive. The fact that Sun that that Jin is the father was more important to her than anything else at that point. Which but, just strengthens that connection between the two of them. It also goes to kind of the culture that she grew up with because there was a lot of talk about shame in this episode. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Sun was trying to save Jin from the shame of his past coming to light. Um, even though Sun knew it, she protected Jin from having to admit about his past. Um, because he was a very prideful man and she then put him in to her father's life, which again, that was her shame that she buried, that, that she carried to save him from the shame of his past. And then it kind of resonates on the Island because if she had been pregnant by, uh, the other guy, the other guy, (laughs) I, I was going to try and say his name again. Um, <laughs> that would have been shame for Jin. And she would have had. And so for her to be pregnant with Jin's baby, I think, saves him from shame again. Mm-hmm. So she's constantly protecting her husband, which I think is just really beautiful. And, you know, he protects her in his own way um, throughout the series. But. But she has this quiet courage that she just kind of carries with her the entire series, especially when it comes to Jin. She knew English, but she say she didn't admit it because that would have shamed Jin. You know? Yeah. She uh, knew she knew that Charlie attacked her, but she didn't say it because that would have shamed Charlie. That would have shamed Jin. She carries 
the weight of a lot of other people's um, mistakes mm -hmm. because she wants, because that culture is so deeply in her. And I think that that's what gives her a lot of her strength and her courage. I, I agree with that completely. I mean, she you're right. She carries a lot of shame for other people. And that was kind of, you know, just kind of piggybacking on what you mentioned about everything with Sun and finding out that the baby is Jin's and not the other guys. That was, I think, you know, it was kind of more of a, such an emotional moment for her because she had been carrying the shame for either one of them at that point. Mm -hmm. And it was such an emotional release because it relieved both of them. Mm -hmm. of the shame that she was carrying for both of them. She realized at that moment that neither one of them had any shame to carry any any, any longer at that point. Yeah. So and that was, to, had to be so free release. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. That's a great point. And I want to say too, you know, we're learning more and more about Juliet's character at this point, which as first time viewers, we're learning more and more. We already know everything about Juliet's character, but this was a great moment for Juliet's character as well, because we get that emotional breakdown of how she's tired of giving people bad news. She wants to give people, she wants to give somebody good news. And even though she's thinking, okay, this is more bad news. I have to deliver when son frees her of that shame at the same time by saying the baby is gins. That's you just true. gave me good news. That's true. She saw the shame that Juliet was carrying and freed her of that shame as well. Ugh, son. She is the son. <laughs> she is appropriately named. Yeah. So, I mean, she's not only carrying shame for other people, she can see the shame that other people carry for themselves. Mm -hmm. And she's got a good way of freeing people of that. I bet you if we were to look at the entirety of her character, if we were to do like a character analysis of her and somebody were to edit together all of her scenes, that we can see that theme with Sun throughout the entire series? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we've been talking about doing in between seasons some character analysis anyway. Uh, it'd be interesting and maybe we did one on Sun and, and you know, and Jin and see how that plays out. Well, if any listeners are bored in quarantine and you'd like to put together a fan <laughs> edit of Sun, send it on over. <laughs> <laughs> I like, because uh, I've done it before too, but how we keep saying Sin which is basically their ship name I at this point. <laughs> it, Sin is better than Jun. So, you know, Sin just works better, even though they're the furthest thing from a sinful couple. Well, no, not necessarily, because Jin's really done some shady shit, and Sun cheated on Jin, so they kind of are a sinful couple in some ways. <laughs> but, you know, it, it works out. Uh so I want to pose a question to you. This is something, again, I don't have any notes, but this is something I just thought of. We know what's coming up with Juliet's character. We know that she is doing this as a spy for Ben, but in many ways she's a double agent because we know that Jack finds out what she's doing. He's helping her to do it. And it's basically a way to get back at the others. At this point, do you think Jack already knows what Juliet's plans are? No. I, I, I See, I disagree. I think he does. Because the moment with Jack and Son in her garden, I think is planting oh, the seeds yeah. for Son. 
it's it's a reason to get Sun and Juliet to talk to one another so that Juliet can get to the bunker. I think Jack already knows at this point. And he's helping to plant the seeds to get this even further. I I, I think I think Jack already knows. Oh and, and he's in on the does plan. not put him in a very good Oh, he was light. already not in a very good light in the beginning of this episode anyway. When he kneels down to ask son, can I give you a hand? And then the moment he's done talking to her, he gets up and leaves. I'm like, you just offered to help her. And now you're I like you're it that he, sne- that he snuck up on her after knowing that she was attacked in that very garden. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about that too. I'm you like, know what I mean? Like, it's like, if you're coming up on sun in her garden, just say, Hey, it's Jack. Here I come. Just to see, let you know, I'm see, on my I, way. I'm 10 I, feet away. I, oh, that was me. I, I crashed into the bush. I'm tripping over a root. Here see, I am. There's a part of me that thought this was going to be another famous Vincent cameo. Cause I, we haven't seen Vincent in a while. Oh, I miss Vincent, but we know he's still alive. I did see him in through the look- looking glass. <laughs> Yeah, we we know he's still alive because Vincent is one of the few people that makes it from pilot to finale. Yep. So, um, but yeah, I I think Jack's already well aware of Juliet's plan at this. Hang point. on, hang on. Okay. Can we imagine being that dog when the island is spinning? <laughs> Thank you for saying that as I was taking a drink. <laughs> That's the truth, though, because where the hell does Vincent keep jumping to? <laughs> Vincent's just running around the island like <laughs> random places, but you know he survives. So there's there's really not much else you can I say. Just, about I just I just had this crazy visual in my head, but before we moved on, I just had to <laughs> I just had to say it out loud. Faraday goes crazy, or no, not Faraday. Charlotte goes crazy from all the jumps, but somehow Vincent survives. Well, you know. Dogs are a lot cooler than humans. <laughs> the strength of a canine. So, well, why don't we move over to the other storyline of? Yeah, the because I mean, th- there's a lot there. Well, I mean, I don't know if there's a lot there to unpack, but there's definitely some stuff there to unpack. Because, but, uh, let me tell you too, with everything that happened with, um, uh, with Naomi and Desmond and Michael showing back up. And then by the end of the episode with Juliet and the voice recorder, turning the voice recorder off and saying, I hate you. That was like, great. This was the moment that I, I ended that episode and I really wanted to keep going. My, I, I actually forgot that we were only watching this episode and I started the next like couple minutes of the next episode and it was Locke. And I was like, well, we're not even there. So yeah, like. <laughs> that's why I'm like, I, I really wanted to keep going at this point. Yeah. The, the rest of the season is, is real good. Uh, it, because I think we're only, I'm going to tell you in a second for, for sure, but we are, I mean, and what sucks too is that I think this is the last full season of the series we get to. I think seasons three or four, five, and six are shortened seasons. Um, so we're through a majority of the 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 meat of the show. But we have, let's see, we have the brig, the man behind the curtain, greatest hits, and through the looking glass. We have four episodes left before the season is over. Um, but yeah, so I think just to prove my point further, season four is only fourteen episodes. Season five is 17, so it's close to a full season. And then season six, if I remember correctly, is another short. Oh, 17. Okay, so 
close enough to full seasons. Season season four is really the shortened the shortened season. Um, I don't know where I was going with this. We were. Oh, we're talking, talking about the Desmond. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's okay. Um. Oh, and actually, uh, season four. You're still uh, on this. You're so funny. It's technically only 12 episodes because episodes 12, 13, and 14 are all, uh, we're all like a three-parter. Uh, episode. Well, so what are you going to do? Yeah. Exactly. Jay Lee. Jay Lee. That's his name. Okay. All right. See, there was a point to me like kind of stumbling a little bit was you got to look up some information. <laughs> so it worked out. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> so going over to the, the Desmond, Hurley, Charlie, um, and Jin part of everything um you know with sticking with naomi we're back to the naomi storyline and when they wanted to help her and <laughs> desmond desmond says to charlie nobody knows we're here Poof, the flare gun go- <laughs> flare gun goes off at the top of the episode and you just everybody looks over at hurley and it's just like oops like that's it's a typical Hurley moment. I know, and I love it so hard. But it, I was laughing so much because I even said oops before it moved yes, over to me Hurley. Too, me too. <laughs> and Hurley says it, and I'm like, oh, I am so in tune with Hurley right now. It is ridiculous, and I love it. Yeah, that made it that just totally made me so happy. I love <laughs> loved every second of that. Yeah. But there is a huge reveal that comes from this scene by the end of it. And are you talking about the different language that's spoken? Well, not only that, but the, the, the last words spoken of the episode are a huge reveal that hasn't been, it's not anything that's come to play yet. And that's the fact that they found the plane. Oh yeah. That's what she said. Well, so I, so she speaks, so Naomi speaks five languages in this episode. And Engli- she's, she speaks Spanish, Italian, Chinese, Portuguese, and English. Mm-hmm. And in Chinese, Italian, and Spanish, she keeps asking for help, saying that she's dying. But in Portuguese, that she says to Mikhail, she said, Mikhail claims that, it, that she said, thank you for helping me when she, do you know what she said in reality? I, I know it's not thank you for helping me. She said, I am not alone. Okay, which would give even more gravitas to the fact that he took the phone. Right. So then in English, she says, no, no, flight 815, they found the plane, there were no survivors, they were all dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have two big reveals from Naomi. One was only if you knew Portuguese, and the other was um, in English. Also earlier in the episode, you had to have known Korean to hear Mr. Paik talking with his people because that translated to the employee saying, we haven't received the forged conveyance permit yet, Mr. Chairman. And Mr. Pike said, I heard the Hanzo Foundation is filled with anger at the fact that our side didn't offer the equipment. But what would that be in regards to? Because the plane hadn't crashed yet at that point. But that just, that just means the- that he's been working with the Hanzo fa- okay. Foundation. So that was simply just n- more of just a tie-in with Dharma, the Hanzo. A Dharma connection before. Okay. before I was going to say, because obviously the, the, the equipment couldn't have been, they're talking about couldn't have been used to bury the plane because the plane hadn't gone down. 
Right. So, okay. So that was more just to connect, make the connection between Paik to the, the Hanzo Foundation and the Dharma Initiative. Right. Okay. Offer the equipment. I wonder, because he was in steel, wasn't he? Uh, no, he's automotive. So, yeah. So I guess that would be steel in a sense. If he's automotive, maybe he created the fake plane. Well, no, because no, we find... Charles Woodmore. We we find out in because this was my research with MC Ganey in the Meet Kevin Johnson episode in next season in season four. We find out that Charles Whitmore was the one that bought the plane and yeah. then dug up the bodies from some third world country to put in the plane that they put at the bottom of the ocean as a cover. That's right. Gosh. So what a weird that was, show. <laughs> that was still so fresh in my mind that when Naomi said like they found the plane there were no survivors it didn't click right away that like oh yeah this is the first we're hearing about this in the series yeah i heard this last week because i fl i flashed forward in talking to mc ganey but yes in the in the progression of the series in the timeline of the series this is a huge reveal because this is the first time we're hearing about this right we don't right. get more information on it until next season but yeah, this is the this is the first we've heard of it. There's a lot going on under under the uh I don't know, under behind the curtain, I guess. Now, do we meet Faraday and Charlotte this season? I think so. No. I can't remember. I honestly can't remember if we meet them this season or if we don't meet them until next season. I guess that'll be a nice little surprise for us. Yeah, because I know... It's okay to have a surprise once in a while. I have I, tons of... I want to say it's next season. Okay. Because the, this season ends with them finding their way to the top of the mountain so that they can get a signal on the phone. And because I remember it's Jack on the phone saying, like, we're the survivors of Flight 815, and he's talking to the boat. No, we're the survivors. No, sorry. Yeah, that's early on. We, we're past that point. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think Charlotte and, and Faraday show up and, um, and Miles show up until next season. Oh, Miles. I love Miles. Miles is a very underrated character. Like, he's one of those guys that I think I hated in the beginning, and by the end, I really started to like Miles. I like that actor, too. Yeah, he's been in a, he's been in a ton of stuff, too. ton of stuff. We should reach out to him. him. His first... Uh, yeah, Faraday's first episode is season four, episode one, the okay. beginning of the end. Okay, all right. So yeah, so then that's when we're going to meet Charlotte and and Miles as well. Yep. So and uh, not too long. Man, there's so many characters we get introduced to next season, between Miles and Charlotte and Faraday and Kimi, and um, oh man, what was his name? Um, the helicopter pilot. Oh, his name was Helicopter Pilot. No, his, it's not Helicopter Pilot. He hasn't actually... Frank, Frank. It was Frank. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Lapidus. Frank Lapidus, I think was uh, his last name. So, yeah, Frank Lapidus. Um, so, yeah, and... So, yeah, we're going to meet so many new characters next season. And it's going to be so much fun. Um, I think I'm tapped. Yeah, I'm done. I that's all I really had. I you know, I love Sun. I loved um I loved kind of digging into the behind behind the scenes of this episode. I liked doing the research this week. I thought that um you know, learning about what the translations of what was being said and and 
you know, what was in Mr. Kwan's um, little shack, just little, the little details that, that the showrunners did to make this episode even richer um, that you completely miss if you're watching for the first time or you're a casual watcher of the show. So I really enjoyed that aspect of, of this episode. Yeah, I feel like I've kind of gotten away from my over-analysis mode where like I'm looking for all these moments of symbolism and I you know, feel like I feel like I need to go back. Well, forgive the pun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's just let's just forgive ourselves for the times that we live in right now that, you know, we're at least still recording. We're watching the show, we're enjoying each other's company. I think that that's great. So, yeah. I have a feeling, though, watching next week's episode, which uh, our next episode we're going to talk about, and is uh, which is the Brig, which I think is a John Locke. It's a John Locke episode. John Locke episode. I have a feeling if this is going to be the moment I'm going to break, and I'm going to get to the end, and I'm going to be like, okay, I got to watch the rest of the season. Like I have to. Yeah. It. I. Which means yeah. I'm going to be watching these final four episodes a number of times. Yeah, that's okay. Because, because I'm going to rewatch them before we record too. So, yeah. uh, but that's good because that means that over analysis brain will probably kick back in, and I'll start to notice stuff as I'm rewatching them a couple times before we talk. So, who the hell knows? I might jump right back into them as I'm editing this episode of the podcast. <laughs> I might watch the next one uh, just to see how it goes. Um, but yeah, so we have some feedback as we usually do this week. We have three voicemails to listen to this week. We encourage all of our listeners to leave us feedback if you disagree with something we have to say, if you agree with it, if you picked up on something that we didn't talk about. Uh, this is the perfect way to do it is by leaving us feedback. And there are multiple ways you can do that. First and foremost, I don't know why I say foremost. It's just habit. Uh, but first, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. We're on Twitter at lost revisit pod. And we are on Instagram at lost revisited pod. You can email us at lost revisited pod at gmail.com. And if you want to leave us a message, you can record it yourself and send it to our email address. Cool, cool, cool. So we have three voicemails to listen to this week. Uh, our friend Steve, as always, has left us a voicemail. Uh, Des has listened to your request and left us a voicemail over an email. And our friend Jill has left us a voicemail. Who Has Jill left us a voicemail before? Never. This is the first time she's doing it. All right. I think, can we play her first? I was just going to ask, which one do you want to do first? I think we should do Jill. Uh, all right, so then here it is, our feedback from our friend Jill. Hey, Ben and Kristen, it's Jill. I am calling to leave you some feedback. I'm glad you guys are recording again. I know you kind of been on hiatus and then back and then out again, and it's just a crazy time right Thanks now. Thanks for rubbing it in. Anyways, I just had a couple things I wanted to talk about, um, catching up on your podcast. And first off, um, why haven't you watched the finale of Manifest? Was that both of you? Was that just Kristen? got to get on that it was really good um french trivia then i want to be involved in that so we got to talk because i got to get on that um she hasn't talked about loss as yet. far as things i love recently have you guys been watching new amsterdam ben i know that was a really popular show with you popular new show um i'm so excited that daniel day kim is on that show now i can't wait to see um more of his character and other things, I have binged both seasons of Dead to Me. I had seen season one when it came out, and it was awesome, and I got Nathan to watch it 
with me and then we binged all the way through to season two and I highly recommend that show to anybody. And we also just started Ozark. Ozark is great. We are only maybe a little more than halfway through the first season, but I'm completely hooked. I absolutely love where that show is going. So check that out if you haven't already. And then lastly, I just wanted to say I loved your interview with MC Gaines. His wife was cracking me up the way that she just kept kind of like shouting in and saying things over him. And it was just great. And he seems like a really nice guy. And I'm really glad that you guys um, got to talk to him because it was fun to listen to. So anyways, I just wanted to say, hey, I miss you guys. I love you guys. Um, I'm excited to hear you in my ears every week, even though I'm not following along with Lost. I have seen the series, so it's fun to just kind of relive it listening to you guys talk about it. So other than that, I will talk to you guys soon. And hopefully I can get on that Friends trivia, Ben. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Jill. Thanks, Jill. That was chock full of Lost feedback. Hey, we said just we we said, we said talk feedback. about whatever you want. We did so, and, and she... I like it that people are leaving um, leaving um, recommendations because I've been meaning to watch Ozark for a while. I got to get too. on that. Me too. The, I I like Jason Bateman, so that's one I've been that's been on my list for a while as well. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'm gonna have to go, but that, but thank you, Joel, for for the voicemail for the feedback. Um, uh, particularly the the feedback on the MC Ganey interview as well because that was we we like hearing that because that was that, that was, was a lot of fun for both of us so yeah. we were you know and the friends trivia is still happening um just real quick I postponed all the trivia because I wanted to um build the audience up a little bit and kind of uh, tweak the system from the first time we did it. Uh, so the trivia is still happening. It got postponed to June 19th, which is going to be the office and parks and rec. The following Friday is Disney. And then the Friday after that is finally going to be the friends trivia. So everything just got pushed back a couple weeks, still the same order. Uh, but you'll see, you'll see some posts about that on Facebook relatively soon, probably by the end of the weekend. You'll awesome. see some, some posts on that. Uh, all right. So Des or Steve, where do you want to go? You pick. Um, I'm going to save Des for last because I, okay. I have a feeling. I'm sure it'll be hilarious. It, yeah. Not that our other feedbacks, voicemails are not funny. Uh, but I'm very curious what Des has to say after you telling him stop sending emails and send voicemails. Uh, so, so here is our voicemail from our buddy Steve. What? That's my only quote from this episode hey Kristen and ben it's steve this is for uh doc uh thank you Kristen, for uh reminding us that it meant uh, that meant date of conception even though uh julia does tell us in the episode but uh i love i love that we're following or at least i am i know you guys have mentioned it i'm following more or i'm trying to follow more closely the jen and son arc uh through this series because i don't think i've ever focused on that arc ever in, in, in a rewatch. I don't think I've ever really spent uh, time really analyzing it. And uh, I mean, I, I've got kind of the memory of the bare bones of it, but uh, I, I never really paid real close attention to it. So I'm glad you brought that out listening to this this podcast. And I love that we see that Sun had a fierceness and a fire from the beginning. I mean, we're going to see this again later in the series. We're going to see the kind of fierceness that she that she has. And uh, I was a little. There was one thing I, I will kind of backpedal on that just a little bit is as far as um, with Jen 
and his reaction to finding the money didn't seem completely like what the how the old gen would have reacted but then i thought about the fact that this is prior to him actually like doing work for her father like like uh, the violence that he that he issues so maybe uh, and also it just shows that son is is a really good liar and uh the fact that I think we've already, you guys have already talked about it. The fact that she gets good news and bad news. The fact that that Jen is the father, but the bad news is the baby was conceived on the island, so that means that she can't give birth on the island; she'll die. But we know what happens later. Okay, talk to you later. Hi, buddy. <laughs> hey, if if he's really enjoying us diving deeper into. Jin and Sun's, more particularly Sun's story arc. Uh, I wonder how much his mind was blown when we started talking about how she carries shame for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> because that kind of blew my mind a little bit just talking about that this episode. Yeah. And and realizing it. So I can't wait to hear Steve's reaction to that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know what? Like, yeah, you're right with, with Jin not reacting the same way to the money. Um, I was thinking that about like this is prior to him working for Mr. Pike, and then he kind of touched on that himself. Yeah, that uh, you're right. This is these were two different these were two different gins at this point. Um, Jin became a more hardened person after working for Mr. Pike. Yeah, I mean, we kind of see three different gins. Really, we see you know before he worked for Mr. Pike, during Mr. Pike, and then after the raft, which I guess is maybe a little bit of both. Um, he's still a hardened person. I mean, with that roundhouse kick, even though he kind of knew that before this anyway, um, you know, he's, he's still a hardened person, but he's more loving now towards Jin or towards son again. Well, he, but he's, he's a human again. I think that Mr. Pate kind of treated him like his, his, uh, attack dog. And as, as a result, it almost dehumanized him. No, it did. It dehumanized him. Mm -hmm. And I think that he had to have that journey of coming back to who he used to be. So maybe we just really only see two different gins, but we just see three phases. Well, we're we're seeing a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Right. What? Maybe it's column A, column B, and then, and then the Venn diagram in between. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that too. Jin is a Venn diagram. And, you know, it, it just goes to further show that maybe there are more healing properties to this island than we even know, and that it's not just physical attributes, it's also emotional and mental. Maybe. That's because, a great point. Because Jin is a, is a good piece of evidence of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have one piece of feedback left, and that is from my buddy Des, and we're going to play that now. Hey guys, calling in quick about the episode DOC. I don't have a lot of notes about it. I enjoy this episode, but there's not really a whole lot of shock or amazing events that happen in it. Um, the main characters in this episode, you know, Sun and Juliet. Um, the thing with Sun, between her and Jen, they're constantly making their lives worse by trying to protect each other instead of talking to each other and explaining things to each other. She's so worried about pride, and I understand it's a cultural thing, but if they just talk, I mean, he wouldn't end up being a thug for her father. Um, And when you get to Juliet, 
I love Juliet. She's my favorite character on the show. But she occasionally does this thing, and she really does it in this episode, where somebody's upset, they will start asking her questions, and she will just stare at them until <laughs> they get all riled up and upset. Uh, Sun asks her like three or four questions, and Julia just stares at her, and then she finally pauses and answers her. She does this a lot during the series, and I love her, but it drives me nuts. Um, also about Juliet, with the sample she collects from the women, I'm trying to remember exactly where that went and if she actually did get samples from everybody, and I'm just picturing her going from tent to tent collecting, I guess, hair samples or whatever, because I doubt she got blood samples from everybody. I don't really remember what went with that. Um, Naomi. Um, when Mikhail says Naomi, all I can think of is it's just like another episode or two before it was, you know, John Locke does his typical John Locke thing and does what John Locke wants no matter what happens. <laughs> and the other thing with Naomi... I, it drove me nuts for a long time trying to figure out who she was outside of Lost. And she was the wife, Sarah Evers, in um, The Haunted Mansion from Disney with Eddie Murphy. Which, seriously, I think is a completely underrated movie. I loved it when it came out. My kids loved it. Used to watch it all the time. That's really all I've got about the episode. I uh, just want to tell everybody, be safe and be kind to each other. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks, Des. Um, I never, Des. I never picked up on the whole Juliet stare kind of thing. I guess it's there. She um, does it. She does it because she doesn't want to tell Son you're 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 gonna die. You know, it's it's when she withholds information. It's when she has literally no idea what to do. I so she's just caught in a. I think in, she's in caught in like a moment. moral dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because we know we know by the end of this episode, she's not happy with what she's doing for Ben. I mean, the whole turning off the, the voice recorder and saying, I hate you. Uh, th that goes to show you right there that like, yeah, she's she was helping Juliet or she was helping son. She had an ulterior motive for what she was doing. But. So, I mean, you kind of go through these really quick moments with Juliet where she's helping Son. You really start to get a, a better feel for Juliet. You really start to like Juliet. And then you get this moment where she's talking into a voice recorder, telling Ben all this information, and you go back to hating her. But it's kind of only for a moment because by the end, when she turns off the recorder and says, I hate you, it's like, okay, she's still doing things for Ben, but she doesn't want to. So now you're back to mixed emotions on Juliet again, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I, you know, and I love it that they keep Juliet a mystery for a couple of episodes because it, it makes the story more fun, you God, know? It, it's so weird, too, to think about that we're at this point with Juliet where she's a total enigma and you go back and forth on her so much just to think that by the time her story wraps up, she becomes such a loved character. Man, I love, I, I, I agree with Des. She's one of my favorites. And, and her with Sawyer is just perfection. And on that note too, I know next episode, we're going to be talking episode 19, The Brig, which is a John Locke story, but it is a heavy, 
heavy Sawyer story. Too. I know. This is so exciting. There is such <laughs> a, fa- there is, it is a big moment for Sawyer. Like, like, I mean, like closing out a chapter of his life moment. Yeah, I'm excited. Sawyer. I'm excited for it. I just remember that as we were listening to Des's voicemail. I'm like, wait a minute. There's something big that happens next episode with Sawyer. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, I can't wait to talk about that. Um, but, yeah, so leave us your feedback for any of the episodes. Um, good, bad, indifferent, uh, or even recommendations like Jill did. We, we'll gladly listen to them and probably check them out because we're, we're going to have a lot of time on our hands for the foreseeable, for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, as much as we hate to admit it, numbers are starting to spike again. Uh, these, these close quarter protests are not going to help that at all. So, um, but that's fine. I, I, I don't know. I, it's fine and it's not fine. Like I fully, fully support the protests that are happening right now, but at the same time, I need everybody to stay healthy. I mean, look, like, I mean, here's the thing. And this is the moment where we're, we're going to talk about this for a couple minutes and spend hopefully only a couple minutes on it. But so if you turn it off, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you we'll so much you for listening. Um, but I mean, w- we just want to say that, you know, Chris and I are very vocal in our own communities as well as with each other. And to, to stay silent is probably part of the problem uh, on any of this. So, we are like like so many other people in the country right now. We stand behind the protesters. Hopefully, I'm not speaking for you, Kristen. If I am, please correct me. Um, if I speak for you and say something that's wrong, but we we fully stand behind the protesters. We're against the looting and the rioting. I myself am in a curfew zone right now. I cannot leave my house after six p.m because I live that close to Philadelphia and it's a scary time right now. I had an ATM explode no less than three miles from my house. That's because, crazy. Because somebody blew, somebody blew it up as part of the looting and the rioting. Um, but you know, one of the things that you and I talked about before we even address this is that there is no with or against in this situation. There are not every cop is a racist. Not every protester is a thug. Um, stop. Not using every those pro. T- yes, not every protester is a looter. That okay. That's a better way to put it because I don't want to. I hate that word thug, especially after somebody else has been using it profusely. Um, well, yeah. and and they've they've used it in a racial connotation, and I yes. and I just vehemently disagree with it. So not, and and to your point, not every police officer is a racist. Not every looter is not every um, protester. Not every protester is a looter and a rioter. And, um, you know, and, and we were saying this earlier, it's like saying not all Muslims are jihadists, you know, um, not all white people are members of the KKK, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but now is a time, now is a time for us to stand up and put out the fire um, that is black America right now. We, yeah. they, need, they need our help. Um, we need to be, we need to listen 
We need to educate ourselves. I consider myself very educated on this subject, and I admit that I could be more educated and I I'm, could be more vocal. And I'm exactly the same way. Um, and I and I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to be a voice if that's what people need from me. I'm happy to shut up if that's what people need from me. Um, you know, I just want to be a part of the solution. That's all I want to do is be a part of the solution. And I think that I can say the same for you, Ben. We want to yeah. be a part of the solution. Um, so I'm looking forward to what comes next. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, the possible change that this that this can affect. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think we have a long way to go. Um, and the only thing that I can do right now is to say, sign the petitions, call your representatives, call your attorney generals, call your senators, call call whoever you can. Be a part of, of the solution. Be on the right side of history and register to vote. Register to vote. Register to vote. I don't care if you have to cover yourself in plastic wrap. I don't care if you have to wear a hazmat suit to the polls. Go and vote. It is direly important this year. Pennsylvania just had their primary this past Tuesday and my mail-in ballot was rejected for some reason. Still don't know why, uh, but that didn't matter. I was out at my polling place, which is within walking distance of my home. And I was in a mask, gloves, hand sanitizer in hand, took my own pen because it was a write-in ballot um, because that's how they were handling everything in Pennsylvania this, this time around for the primary. Mm -hmm. And I was at my poll and I voted. Didn't matter that my mail-in ballot was rejected. I still made an appearance and I did my civil duty. And, and for those of you that don't know, Ben is immunocompromised. Ben took a risk doing that. So if he can do that, then all of us can do that. And I can tell you right now, you and I, this is something else we talked about before. Um, if it wasn't for the fact that I was immunocompromised, that I'm immunocompromised, um, I would be out in Center City at, with protesting with everybody else. Um, you know, you anybody who goes out protesting takes a risk of being attacked, um, whether it's by looters or by police, because let's be honest, while we say not every officer is a racist, there are a number of videos out there showing police brutality, which is kind of a huge problem. It's a huge problem because that's what people are protesting. Yeah. So to, so it's a big to, enough problem that the entire world is protesting it right now. So to beget protesting against police brutality and trying to stop it with police brutality is just furthering the problem. Um, yes. And it doesn't help that people in our government are encouraging it. Yes. Um, you know, we're not going to name any names. Um, but yeah, but there are people very high up in the government who are encouraging violence to beget violence and it, that's just furthering the problem even further. Um, that was kind of redundant. Um, but anyway, uh, so if it wasn't for the fact that I was immunocompromised, I would be out there. And I want to say too, I come from a law enforcement family. Mm -hmm. My father is a retired police officer. My uncle is a retired police officer. I have other police officers in my family. Um, I myself went through the New Jersey Police Academy when I was younger, outside of high school. Never committed to becoming a police officer, but I went through the academy. So I have law enforcement in my family. And there's a part of me that is proud of that. And there's a, proud of me that it, there's a part of me that is very ashamed of that right now. Mm -hmm. I ride that line. 
I absolutely agree that blue lives matter, just like all lives matter and black lives matter. Black lives matter is the most important thing right now. Absolutely. I, I don't care what anybody else says. If you, because by saying black lives matter, you're not saying only black lives matter. Black lives matter is included in everything. It is they They are our brothers and sisters as much as anybody else. I have friends of color as do you, who I'm very close with. And there's a part of me that feels very ashamed that we are letting them down. There's a, yeah. Yep. And even though we personally are not letting them down, we're fighting for them. It is our responsibility as white Americans or just people, white people in general to enhance their voice that is not being heard. And that is, that is a responsibility right now. And that's what we're trying our best to do. And that's really all I can really say on the matter without getting heated. Yeah. And you know what? And I think that that's enough. I think that that's, that's more than enough. We, you know, there, there, we don't have to say, we don't have to say much more than that. Um, you know, so I just, everybody stay safe. If you're protesting, we're with you. Just stay safe. Um, you know, stay, stay vigilant. I, I, I think that we need to keep our, our feet on the gas. Um, I, I want to say at the same time, too, if you're a protester, yes, we, we stand behind you and stay safe. But also, if you happen to be a law enforcement officer and you are out there on the street to control and monitor everything that is going on, we encourage you to stay safe as well. But just remember, these people are... If this is their First Amendment right. Don't try and take it away from them with violence. Mm-hmm. And if you see anybody else that you are working with do that, stand up and say something and stop them. Because that's also another issue. Is but, but I mean, at the same time, there are videos out there of police officers stopping other officers mm-hmm. or getting between officers that are being violent and protesters. So it's there's so much chaos out there right there now, there and is. it's hard to keep up with. Honestly, so I will just blanket it by saying whether you're a law enforcement officer, whether you're a protester, um, or you're at home from the pandemic, whatever you are, whoever you are, stay safe. That's just blanketed across everybody. Yep. So uh, let's throw out a couple recommendations before we wrap things up. And we're going to kind of tie this into the last conversation with our recommendations this week as well, uh, because it is a responsibility to kind of educate yourself against the things that are going on in the world right now. So that kind of is what we based our recommendations off of this week. So yep. you and I share one. So I'm going to kick it over to you to, uh, to make that recommendation. It's really the only one that I have. Um, it's, you know, and I've made the recommendation before because I read the book last year and the book was one of the best books I've ever read. Um, and I have bought copies for other people and I've recommended it to other people. And that's just mercy by Brian Stevenson. Um, it's a fantastic book. I cannot true story. Yeah, it is. It is a true story. It, Mm -hmm. It is Brian Stevenson's story. Um, the book is his story and it's how he was a Harvard. He's, he is a Harvard, uh, law graduate. He's a, and he, instead of taking, um, 
instead of taking a big law firm job, he moved down to Alabama and he started the Equal Justice Initiative to help um, African-American men get off of death row that were wrongfully convicted. Uh, it's been his life's work. The story is incredible. They recently made it into a movie with Michael B. Jordan. Um, Which I watched last night and it was amazing. And it's it fantastic. Really yeah. I think that it should be required reading right now. Um, if you want to know about how history repeats itself, I highly recommend Eleanor Roosevelt's book, Tomorrow is Now. Uh, her chapter on the social revolution that needs to happen in 1962 is so resonant today. And um, the work that she did for human rights with the United Nations, for finding equality for African Americans in this country, if you don't know where else to start, it is a quick 100-page read. And it is, again, I think it should be required reading if you have not read it. Um, so those are my – I'm very booky right now because of being in the house. <laughs> I'm yeah, uh, no. reading so much right now. And I am trying to get my hands on the book, How, um, How to Be Anti-Racist, but it's almost impossible to find right now. Yeah, it's but I can find it on Kindle. So I, I was just gonna going to download it on Kindle. Yeah, I was just going to say it's probably on either Kindle or audiobook. So or Audible. So I'm it sure is. But I like I like to buy used books um, be, for my pocketbook. <laughs> okay. So it's really hard to find right now. But I it's important enough that I'll probably end up just downloading it on Kindle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Just Mercy was mine as well. As I mentioned, I watched the movie last night. For the, I've been meaning to watch it for a while, uh, even before all of this started happening. I've been meaning to watch it and familiarize myself. I was very, I was kind of familiar with the story already, but I wanted to to watch the film to just get a better gauge for it. And I wasn't disappointed at all. Like I ended up crying at the end of that movie. Oh yeah, uh, well, <laughs> you'll cry several times when you read the book. Well, not all. Well, I didn't just cry at Jamie Foxx's story too. But if if you've seen the movie, there's a, a, a an epilogue where he talks about the other inmate that was in prison with him too. And you don't. It doesn't focus. The movie doesn't focus on his story, but you get the the follow up to his story as well. And when you see the video of how he was released from prison in like I think in 2015, after 30 years of being wrongfully convicted and him reuniting with his family, like that. Spoilers. It, <laughs> If you, you look, just watch the movie. Um, the other recommendation I have to movie wise, it's not nearly as impactful as Just Mercy is, um, but it's still another movie that I absolutely love to this day and I think is very relevant. Um, is Remember the Titans? Uh, I love that movie. I watched that yesterday too. Um, and look, it's another movie that deals with you know with racism. And you had never seen that movie. What movie? Wait, you didn't know that Ryan Hurst was I didn't know that Ryan Gary Hurst Bertier. was That's Gary what it was yeah. about that movie. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yep. funny to me because that was like It was it Anytime was I ever saw Ryan Hurst again, I was like, that's Bertier. Like I was really excited. And now he's, you know, It was a, Trust me, it was funny to okay. Ryan Hurst too. <laughs> he got a kick out of it too. He just he he is just like, all right, I'm moving on from this. Um, because he found it funny as well. I just, I, I still, I don't see the similarity between the two of them because I've only, I never watched Sons of Anarchy, so I don't 
And the only time I see him now is Walking Dead and he wears a mask. So I never made physically the comparison. He's he, well, and he's so young and fresh faced yeah. and yeah. Everything like, ever since he's been, he's had like this monstrous he beard. Well, he, yeah, he became Opie and like, I don't think he ever stopped being Opie after no. that. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. And he's huge. He's such a big guy. He's oh my a tall, gosh. He's a tall So guy. tall. I saw him. I saw him at a couple of conventions, just like off in a the distance. A couple autograph shows? A couple autograph shows. <laughs> and uh, I remember I... Like, no matter how big the crowds were for him, you could always see him. He just, like... He stands above Hours over every... Yeah, he's huge. Whereas Tom Payne, you have to, like, really look for him because he's so little. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so Remember the Titans is my other, my other one as well. Yep. And that's just a great movie. It, it really is. Also, watch The Wire. I, I, I never... Yeah, I never... That's another one I never watched. I highly recommend The Wire if you want if you want you know a account of Do you know it you know it this oh, is the kind wire of is so good. This is kind of off the topic. Well not off the topic but it's it's sort of similar but I I don't remember who it was. It might have been Steve actually. It might have been our friend Steve actually who said to who said I think it was at some point last week. I think a couple of us were like on a Zoom call or something just like shooting the shit and it might have been steve who said like i can't wait to hear what show you guys cover when you're done with lost like what show you guys go back to when you're done with lost and i'm like we've talked about a couple of shows but i don't think we've determined anything yet because we still have plenty of time yeah to figure it out yeah um i i kind of almost want to do a show neither one of us has seen before but that's not technically going back Unless it's like a really old show that we've just somehow missed, both of us, which is impossible to figure out. Anyways. We'll figure it out. We've got plenty of time. Yep. So, But I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the podcast. As we mentioned, make sure you leave us feedback for whatever reasons that you want. Um, Good, bad, indifferent, whatever. And next episode, we're going to talk episode 19, The Brig. The Brig? Uh, but unless you have any final notes, Kristen. Nope. All right. That being said, thank you as always for joining us. And until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Toodaloos. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back!